Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of The Issue Podcast. Make sure to check us out three days a week on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you guys get your podcasts. Uh, Make sure you follow our social media. Our Instagram is at the underscore issue podcast, and our Twitter is just at the issue podcast. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure you tell your friends and listen to The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is the issue. It is Monday, November 16th. Uh, We have a good episode for you guys today. I am back in the studio. Uh, Always good uh, to get back and actually be able to hit a podcast with all the equipment. But Tim is joining me on the phone. Tim, what's going on? Well, not much. Just uh, hanging out at school, getting, studying, you know. Finals week is, uh, is rapidly approaching. For those who are in college, understand the grind that is um, that is finals week and that is college in general. So I'm just going through that right now. I mean, obviously you're going through it too, but I, I'm living up to school, so yeah. Yeah, um, it is definitely upon us. I have a ton of stuff to get to, um, you know, coming up. So we're going to have a couple of these in or these distance episodes uh, until we are. Yeah, but then uh, come come pretty much December, uh, it's going to be awesome because it'll be all uh, in person through till like halfway through January. So that'll be awesome. Right, and I think what people are forgetting is December is literally like right around the corner like we are halfway through um november like as of yesterday so um you know it's it's moving quick uh the nfl season is moving quick and that's what we are going to talk about to start off we're going to jump into our monday night predictions uh, we're going to get those out to you before the game starts it's yeah we got like five minutes before the game technically starts so might as well you know right so what is the line at uh right now so minnesota minus three which is which is odd. So you look at it. Minnesota's three and five, and the Bears are five and four. Yeah, and it's at Soldier Field, and yet the Vikings are still favored by three points. Um, I think that I think that shows that uh, the lines. You know, Vegas doesn't really lie about what about what a team really is. You know, I think the Bears have been pretenders all year, and this line shows that look they probably aren't contenders. You know, right. Um, but yeah, so Minnesota's here by three. The overrunner is 44 and a half. What do you like tonight? I honestly do like Minnesota, and I like Minnesota by the points. I'm going to take them to cover. Um, I don't think that the Bears are that great of a team. Uh, you look at you know what they've been dealing with at the quarterback position, and uh, Nick Foles just isn't where he needs to be, and Trubisky isn't close to being a possible answer. Um, and then I, I honestly, I think while we're on that subject, I think Trubisky at this point would be a better option. And here's why their run game is incredibly stagnant. We've talked about it before. Um, and we, we think that David Montgomery is probably not a top level back. Yeah. And, uh, like I said, we've discussed it before. They, they, they can't run the football. I don't know what they are in the re in the league, like ranking wise. Um, but they average 82 rush yards a game as opposed to Minnesota's 160, right? So I would say Trubisky's a better option. He's more mobile. Um, I would say he more consistently, he's more consistent. You know what I mean? Nick Foles, at his best, is better than Trubisky. But I think you, you know what you get from Trubisky almost week in and week out. Like you're not going to get anything crazy. Right. You're not going to get anything incredibly special. But you could pretty much rely on about 200 yards a game. 
about two total touchdowns and maybe one pick, a pass rating in the high 80s. You know, and I think I think I would rather that on a consistent basis with such a good coaching staff, they could work to his strengths. And I think the consistency would be more well, would be more effective than, than Foles. But um, that's obviously not the case. Foles is starting. And for that reason, I'm going to shock the world I'm going to pick the Bears. I'm going to pick the underdog Bears, and here's why. Minnesota, they, what they do best is run the football. When Kirk Cousins isn't his best and when they get into trouble because of Kirk Cousins, because he is the offense. And obviously we know that Kirk Cousins is fine if he's not the whole offense. He needs Dalvin Cook. And I think Dalvin Cook is going to be somewhat limited tonight by the really, really good Bears run defense. Yes. Um, I think you're right there. Uh, as, like... The running game is going to be a lot slower for Minnesota because, yes, the Bears do have a very good running de- run defense. I mean, their linebackers are solid. Um, but, honestly, just the way the season's going, the way the momentum is, Chicago just doesn't have very much life. Uh, I just don't see them getting out of this game uh, on top of the Vikings. I think the Vikings are the better all-around team. Um, so, I like Vikings. I like the points, but I do like the under just because of the defenses, but... Yeah, no, I'll, I'll take the under, and I'll take the Bears to win outright. I, I think uh, I, I agree with you that the that the Vikings are a better all around team. I think this comes down to a matchup thing. You know what I mean? Right. Um, if you look at at pretty much every level, look the the Ravens are probably a better team than Pittsburgh. Okay, let's look at every level, right? So obviously, wide receiver, I'd probably give the edge to the Steelers, right? Yeah. And quarterback, I'd give the edge to us. But offensive line, when Ronnie Stanley's healthy, obviously he just got hurt. Um, when he's healthy, I'll take the Ravens' offensive line. I'll take their running backs, J.K. Dubbins, Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards, and then obviously you got to factor Lamar in that, into that. Mm-hmm. And then um, on the defensive side, their their secondary is better. So if you look at unit by unit, it's, it's more of an even matchup, if not maybe even tilting towards the Ravens. I don't know, it's close. But it's almost like a matchup issue for the Ravens because they run the ball so well and because the only way they can beat themselves is turnovers. And we forced, as the Steelers forced so many turnovers, it's just a matchup issue for Lamar and them. So I, I think it's going to be one of those things where it's a matchup issue for uh, for the Vikings today tonight. Okay, yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it. Uh, and I honestly think you could possibly be right, but hey, I'm not going to let it go that I was right on that Indianapolis game, so... Even though I wasn't yes, you here. Were. I, picked, I picked the Titans, and it did not look good. But we did hear Colin Coward say the other day that, look, we could be shocked on a week-to-week basis, but the season in general is pretty much you know, going to play out how we, how we predicted. Look, in, the, uh, in, that, in that division, we had the Colts winning it. So it's like it's not really a shock overall, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I mean, and so, but yeah, yeah, you were right, though. I'll give you, I'll give you credit where credit's due. Hey, and the way our pre- – like, as this season moves on, our predictions start to look a little better and better. We should do a little uh, divisional check-in again, um, maybe the next time you're in person here, and uh, check up on our predictions and uh, you know talk Absolutely. about talk about how things are looking. But we're going to shift gears a little bit. Now that you got the Monday night prediction, uh, you guys are probably either have watched the game or are watching it currently by the time you hear this. Um, so well, just know technically that we got it in before it started. Right, our predictions ended right now. It is eight sixteen. The ball still has not been kicked off yet. So uh, we got it in right under the wire. Um, but you can trust our predictions. So 
we're going to move into our thoughts from Sunday. Um, yeah. It was a good Sunday of football, uh, shocking Sunday of football, some of the games. Um, and that Sunday night game was definitely interesting. Uh, but we're going to start. Um, where do you want to start? We'll start with we'll start with Tampa Bay and Carolina, right? All right. Um, Carolina continues to, to skid. I think they've lost I think five straight now. Yeah. Um, but I think they're showing a lot of fight. I think they're showing that they are they're probably the best three and seven team out there. Oh, you know, absolutely. I would say them, the Giants, and well, the, the um, Chargers are, are two and two and seven. They're probably up there. Uh, among the best worst teams, if that makes sense. Yes. Obviously, you have the Jets, you have the Bengals, you know the Broncos, Washington. They're all pretty bad. Oh, they're very but bad. I would say there's at least promise with Carolina, the Giants, and, and Cincinnati. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll start there. We'll go Tampa Bay, Carolina. Tampa Bay wins forty-six to twenty-three. Um, Brady rebounded really well. The whole team rebounded well. To be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not too much of a shock there. I mean, Tampa has looked outstanding all season um they've been making a lot of the right moves uh but i do like teddy bridgewater on the other side i think you know it's unfortunate that his team is three and seven i think they're a lot better than three and seven um i agree it's just losing McCaffrey early in the year and then now he's going to be out for he was out this past week he's probably going to be out the next week or two still and so it's like it's just tough luck for them this year and that that's tough luck for you has to be a little a little irritating uh, to have him out again on the fantasy team. I was still team. able to get a win this week, okay. despite him being out. I was still able to get a win. Well, that's good. Because um, DeAndre Hopkins and Stephon are fantastic, but that's beside the point. Um, but, yeah, no, I agree. Teddy Bridgewater, I think, is is a good quarterback. I think he is a very, very average quarterback. Maybe slightly above average on his good days, right? Yeah. And we talk about the, the, the uh, consistency thing with Trubisky. I think Teddy Bridgewater is a consistent quarterback. Consistently, QBR in the 90s, um, usually two to three touchdowns, one pick. Um, you could pretty much count on him to complete 65 and over a percent of his passes. So it's a, that's the consistency that you need. Right. Um, so where do you want to go next? Ooh, let's go uh, Green Bay barely squeaks it out versus Jacksonville. Uh, 24-20, they get the win over the Jaguars. Jaguars fall a one and eight and, you know, continue their their push for a top quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Um and Rodgers looked okay. I just thought it was a very lackluster game from the from the Packers. I, I caught a pretty good amount of it. And it's just they just didn't look like they were ready to play. And I thought it was evident with their run game. Look, they just weren't ready to be physical. Simple as that. You know, they averaged three yards a carry, um, did not eclipse a hundred as a team. Aaron Jones had a bad game. Jamal Williams didn't play particularly well. Um, so I thought that was the story, and that's why it was so close. Right. I would like to call this one um, – I'm going to make up a term here. I think you're going to agree with me. It's called the Steeler effect. Um, it's called – and the definition of the Steeler effect is when you are not ready, not prepared – and just going to play down to the level of your competition. That's when a good team plays a bad team, and the good team does not show up prepared. That is the Steeler effect. And that's what I saw from Green Bay. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I just thought that was a very applicable term right there. <laughs> it's just... That, that's I could not what, have put it better. That's what we saw last week against the Cowboys with the Steelers, and uh, that's what we saw this week with Green Bay against Jacksonville. Um, I tell you what... 
and just to flip the subject real quick here, the Steelers better be starting their game plan like yesterday for the Jacksonville Jaguars because they play them this week coming up. And if this, if we know anything about the Steelers and playing teams that are terrible like the Jaguars, uh, I am going to be a little nervous. Oh, I agree. We're definitely going to get to uh, the Steelers game. Obviously, they played another pretty bad team in the Bengals, but they did look good. But we're like I said, we're going to get to that. Right now, we'll move on to two also pretty bad teams, even though one's got a good record. Cleveland versus Houston. Uh, Cleveland moves to six and three with the win. They win ten to seven over um, the Texans. Look, Deshaun Watson is the only person of hope on that football team. Uh, he has twenty for thirty, hundred and sixty-three yards, one touchdown, no picks, ninety-one point four QBR with no help, with none at all, zero. Um, David Johnson was out, so Duke Johnson was running the football, averaged almost four yards to carry, but wasn't really all that effective. Um, he had a long of 23, so he kind of ripped off most of the yards in that. But in as the game as a whole, he was not effective, and so Deshaun was the only guy that could do anything. I mean, that's been the story in Houston, though. Uh, Houston is another one of those teams where they just solely rely on their quarterback to carry everybody. Uh, an, another example of this is up in Seattle with uh, Russ. Um, you know, oh, yeah. except I think Russ even has more weapons, if that's possible, um, and he doesn't really have too much. Uh, but you look at Deshaun, what he's been able to do with nobody is kind of very impressive. Um, but, you know, if you're if you're Deshaun, you really just start to hope that, you know, your owner and GM start to build a team, somewhat of a team around you. Because he has what it takes to honestly be, I'd say, a tier a top tier two, possibly a tier one guy, if he had the pieces around him. Like, yes, we, we say the guys in tier one don't need any help. And, like, the guys in that uh, in that game changers category don't need any help. But still, if you take all of their weapons away from them and don't give them anybody and give them a run game that's absolutely terrible, they're not going to look too great either. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and speaking of, you, you mentioned Russ. We just move right into that game now. Yeah. Oh, I think my prediction is going to go on by the wayside a little bit. Yeah. Ross, no touchdowns, two picks. Brings his pick total to 10 on the year. That's 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 high, you know. That's a lot. It's just not very um, good. Second straight loss for him. But I, don't, I wouldn't blame him, right? So I thought it came down to the fact that they simply got outcoached. They got outcoached. Yep. Look, the Rams are not a uh, – well, okay. A better overall team, yes, the Rams. But with Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf, you should be able to win that football game. And I thought it came down to coaching, and like you said, just the lack of of overall talent. Look, Russ was running for his life all day. I don't know if anyone watched it. All day he was running for his life. Um, But he got sacked six times, and I'm pretty sure, I think he got hit like another seven. That's unreal. That's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean... And it just... can't do that. He was the leading rusher. He was there, obviously their only passer. But I mean, he's the leading rusher. I mean, he's the whole team. When you have a guy like Russ, who literally is known for not being sacked, for being able to evade the pressure, uh, extend plays with his feet, keep things alive, take off with it if he needs to. I mean, that's his trademark. That's what everybody knows Russ for. And when you have a guy like that and he gets sacked six times, that points to a lot of other issues because you know it's not him that has the 
problem with being sacked because the dude is so elusive he is rarely ever getting sacked um so that you then you start to look at the coaching the matchups and uh, just like that offensive line in general is just so so bad in Seattle yeah I think I think one of the things is also the Rams um, they don't really have a lot of great blitzing linebackers so what that forces them to do from a personnel standpoint Trump is obviously a very very smart coach he looks at he says okay well their offensive line's bad I don't really need to bring, bring blitzers I could just do you know my normal three four down lineman um, with Aaron Donald so basically they can stay in their base defense which usually forces the offense to stay in their base offense or else they're in a mismatch and they can't pick up the blitzers, right? Right. And I would say that Russ is almost probably the best out of empty when you could just spread everyone out, give them as much possible room to operate as possible. It's called 11 personnel. Mm-hmm. Um, he is the best out of that. But Sean McVay and the Rams are able to generate pressure because they're, A, they see all offense wants so bad and B, Aaron Donald so dominant that they're able to stay in their base defense, which forces Seattle to stay in their base offense, where they're just simply not as effective. Right. So it's also another matchup thing, you know? Yeah. Um, but moving on here, let's head over to an, kind of an upset. Um, but also, I would have predicted this game. We didn't uh, hit a podcast for the prediction, but I would have predicted this game um, that the Giants would have beat Philadelphia. Uh, the Giants just continue to get better every week. Every single week, they just get better. And they finally uh, beat the Eagles. They... Win 27-17 at home. Uh, Carson Wentz didn't play particularly bad. He had no turnovers, which at this point in this season for Carson Wentz, he should just be celebrating that for now. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, 21 for 37, 208, no touchdowns, no picks, 73 QBR. Not bad. Nothing special. No, it's not outstanding, but it's enough to hopefully get the win for your team, which didn't even end up happening, but... Like you said, I do give the Giants a lot of credit. They've been getting better every single week. Um, they are probably, I'd say, I'd give them the, the crown of most resilient team in football this year. Um, I mean, you look I at it. I think that's a fair crown to give them. Yes. I, I think so far you have to give that to them. Because um, you look around the league, you look at like a team like Cincinnati. Okay, It's not that they're not resilient. It's they don't have any pieces around Joe Burrow. You look at a team like you look at a team like um, I don't know Houston. I wouldn't call them particularly resilient. I mean, they're just the only guy they have is Deshaun Watson. Um, but he's the only dude they have. You know, it separates the NFL always separates you know guys from the absolute dudes who could just ball. You yes, know? and I would say Deshaun is the only guy on that team. Look, JJ Watt at this point in his career is not necessarily that guy. No. You know? Nope. He's, he's a old. solid. He is a top five interior interior lineman defensively. Yeah. But it's not enough to win games. He's not dominant enough to win games because I think even though he is in the top five, there's a huge drop off from Aaron Donald and maybe like the way Stephon Tuitt's playing this this year. Uh-huh. Maybe Stephon Tuitt. Yeah. But outside of that, like Fletcher Cox, eh, dude didn't record a sack to like week eight last year. You know? Yeah. And so I think. I think there's a huge drop-off, and even though he is still in the top five, it's just not enough to like really propel that team to be better. Right. Um, but anyway, speaking of propelling your team to be better, I thought the coaching game plan for New York was fantastic. Running the ball 36 times, averaging 4.2 yards a carry, all three touchdowns on the ground, and letting Daniel Jones not manage the game, but give him a couple plays a game where he could take his shots. But outside of that, look, he was really efficient. 75% completion percentage, 
244 yards, no interceptions, had 101 QBR. If that's what I get out of him every week, he's a franchise quarterback because he's only going to continue to get better. Yeah. Um, I'm going to need to see a lot of consistency from him, though. To If he's going to, like you said, if he can do that every week, uh, that's the big question because so far this year he has looked terrible. Um, I mean, yes. Well, he's, yeah, he's had, he's had three good games. You know, I think every time he plays well, they win. You know, but at the end of the day, you're right. Eight touchdowns, nine picks on the year. So. If he can start to be consistent with the type of performance we saw last night, and if the coaching uh, can be this consistent with the game planning like they did, I think this team could honestly not be at the bottom of the league. And I think that's really just what they're shooting for at this point. Even though, I mean, technically... Only a half, half game or a whole game out of first. So <laughs> I mean, They have a blessing because they're in such a god-awful division. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, yeah. Um, all right, we'll move on to two teams that no one really cares about, and I'm not even shy saying it because it's completely true. Um, <laughs> the Lions beating the Washington football team on a 59-yard field goal from Matt Crater as time expired. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know, I man. it was cool that Alex Smith got the start for, uh, for the Washington football team. What I didn't think was cool that Ron Rivera thought it'd be awesome to drop him back 55 times. Yeah, that was... Uh, 38 for 55, 390, no touchdowns, no pick, 89 QBR. Okay, if you gave me a situation... Like what? Like, okay, here's the thing, though. If you gave me the situation, Tim, and you, like, told me all these stats, you were like, all right, so guess the team. This team that I'm going to that I'm gonna be uh, describing here, they have a quarterback that hasn't started a game since I don't know when. Uh, they dropped him... 17, yeah. Like yeah, they dropped him back 55 times, and you just went through all these poor coaching decisions made by Ron Rivera. The guess, the easy answer would be the Washington football team. I mean, this team's been a tire fire since week one. Yes, they've had a couple of good things go right. They have a decent front four. They have a decent linebacking core. Their defense is pretty good. But, I mean, outside of that, there's just not much hope in Washington. Uh, they're just not a great team. I agree. Team. I mean, even at the end of the day, we rave, we rave about their defense. Look, they gave up 30 points to the Lions. Dude. Yeah, exactly. You know? I, I think that a lot of that points to coaching, though. I think Stafford solidified his spot in uh, Tier 3, you know? He did look good. 33, three touchdowns, no picks, 128 QBR. Right, he did I'll look. take that every week out of him. He did look pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Um, I'm moving on here because, like I said, not maybe we'll really care that all, all that much about it. Um, how about Denver and Vegas? Okay. I think we could say that Drew Locke is out. Um, I think I've seen enough that he probably isn't a franchise quarterback. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it now, and I think I'm actually going to do a rant on it come uh, Wednesday. Okay. Uh, 23 for 47, 257, one touchdown, four interceptions, a QBR of 37. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That brings his season total to seven touchdowns, ten picks. Wow. I mean, he's just not that good. They need to move off of him. They need to tank because they need to get a better draft pick. Um, He's not the answer. He never was the answer. I don't think he's going to be the type of guy, like you said, to be a franchise quarterback. Um, I thought the talent was there, but there's just something missing. You know? I can't put my finger on what it is, but there's just something that he hasn't figured out, um, and he needs to. I think he's going to be a backup for the 
entirety of his career if uh, if he can't get it figured out. But if you're if you're Denver, do you roll with him for the rest of the year? Yes, because I I think there's still time for him to prove himself at least to them. I don't think I'm ever going to be fully in on him as a top level starter. But I think there's still time for him to win the job there, like to win the the, the trust of the coaches over and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but over to over to the Vegas squad, they looked really good, and I thought the run game was fantastic. They ran the ball 41 times for 203 yards of the team, all four touchdowns on the ground, averaging five yards a carry. They just gashed this defense. They just made it look way too easy. Derek Carlin had to throw the ball 25 times, completed 16 of them was just a complete game manager, 81 QBR. Um, that that was a really good game plan. Josh Jacobs ran it right down their throat, averaging 5.3 yards a carry. Right, and that's what you have to do. Uh, I mean, a quarterback like Derek Carr, he has looked very good this year. Um, I think we have him in Tier 3 right now, right? Uh, he might even... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's a Tier 3 he guy. He's a tier three guy, and what do we always say about them? They need a little bit of help, uh, things to go right, and things went very right this week with the run game. It took the pressure off Derek Carr. He was able to be in the pocket. I was watching these highlights. He just looked so relaxed. Just like it's just a it's a different type of Derek Carr when they get their running game going. Uh, I think we've all. I think yeah, we've always said it. Like you said, that they just need a little bit of help. And the good news is for Derek Carr, like. He can put the team on his back, though. We've seen him have to drop back 40 times and win the game. Obviously, that's not a recipe every game, but he can do it if needed, and I think that's what separates. You know, there's some tier, you know, technically four, you know, that we don't rate. Like, Kirk Cousins, look, he can win you a lot of games. But I would feel more comfortable with a Derek Carr or a Matt Stafford if I had to put the game on someone's back, if that makes sense, right? Yeah. And so, obviously, you don't want to put the game on Derek Carr's back. Look, he's not a top... Seven, eight quarterback, but he's a top twelve quarterback. He's probably the twelfth best quarterback in the league right now. Absolutely, maybe borderline thirteen, fourteen. Mm-hmm. Um, but he can win you a lot of football games if you continue to run the football like that. Yeah, he and looks four, good. Four interceptions. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I think Vegas is a very good team. I think if they can put it together, I, I don't think they're a contender this year. But I think in the next two, three years, I think this team has the. Um, they have the possibility to be very, very good in the next three to four years. Yeah, we're speaking of being very, very good in the next three to four years here. How about the Miami Dolphins? They are six and three. They've won, I think, five straight. Or four four straight, maybe? Four straight. Two has won three mm-hmm. now. Yep. Um, and the beautiful thing is he only threw the ball 25 times, completed 15, had 170 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, 107 QB, nothing to light the world on fire. And that's what gives me hope because their defense is fantastic. Their special teams steal them touchdowns. Uh, their defense, I think, had a touchdown this week. So it's not all on Tua, and that's the best part about it. Yeah, um, I think Miami looks really good. Uh, and I think we are now finally starting to see Tua enough to realize his it factor. Uh, like you said, I think it was on the last podcast we did together, Um that his accuracy is really what sets him apart. And that's what we saw again. No picks. Two touchdowns, no picks. He didn't throw for an insane amount of yards. 
he can throw an insane amount of times, but when he does throw, he's so precise. And that is really what sets him apart from most other guys in the league, that he's going to keep the ball out of the defense's hands, and he can just absolutely sit back there like a surgeon and just pinpoint wherever he wants that football to go. It's absolutely oh, insane. He, he has pinpoint accuracy, and I thought Justin Herbert looked decent. Yeah. Um, three touchdowns, three total touchdowns, one pick, 86 QBR. Um, it was just a tough matchup, really good defense. Uh, really good coaching staff in Miami, so I, I think it was just a matchup issue. I wouldn't look too much into that. I think the Chargers obviously are out for this year, but going forward, they know they have their franchise quarterback, and they'll just continue to build from there. Right, they just have to build around him. I think Justin Herbert has the potential to be one of the best in the league, honestly. His arm strength is there. His mobility is there. Uh, he has a lot accuracy. of things going for him. Yeah, his accuracy. He has a lot of things that are going for him right now. Um, if he can just find, you know, maybe a head coach that will, you know, play to his style and, uh, you yeah, know, make some people that are going to spend some money the right ways and in the right places to, to put a team around him, I think, honestly, you do that, the Chargers are very, very dangerous with him. Bill Belichick, L.A., for coach. Yeah. He, you never know. It's a possibility. Um, I, okay, let's go here. How about San Fran drops uh, to four and six? They lose twenty-seven thirteen against New Orleans, who's now seven and two. Um, a quiet seven and two. Not what people are talking about them, but I think probably top five team in the league. I would say. Yeah. But uh, I don't. I don't think that was the story of the game. I think the story of the game was the fact that Drew Brees is out. He has broken ribs on both sides and he has a collapsed lung at his age who knows how long that's going to sideline him the good news is James Winston is definitely a high end backup well hey man good thing they got James Winston uh you know obviously uh hoping Drew has a speedy recovery that he can get back out there because you know the tough part is that he was looking good too he was starting to actually come into his own again uh, you know, we talked early in the season that he wasn't able to push the ball downfield, uh, you know, make those downfield throws like he was able to earlier in his career. But over the past, I'd say, two to three weeks, we were starting to see those little glimpses of old Drew come back. Um, so, you know, it just really sucks that he's out. Uh, I, I'm a big Drew Brees fan myself. He's yeah. a great guy, great quarterback. Um, but, you know, hope hope the best for him. But like you said, Jameis Winston did not really disappoint. So it could be very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think no one denies that James has talent. I think he's just in the right system where he's not going to throw a bunch of picks, you know? Yes. And I think Sean Payton, I don't know where, where you go other than maybe Andy Reid, where you get a better system, better head coach to help, you know, coach him out of some of those picks. Look, reckless is reckless. You making mistakes, you're probably going to make mistakes anywhere. But if he can minimize James's mistakes in the next, I don't know, four or five games, uh, maybe even rotate Taysom Hill in there, throw a couple of different looks at the defense. I think they'll be fine. They're a good team. Jameis is a pretty good backup. Look, I know you lose the wits with Breeze, but Jameis has been in the league a couple of years now. He, he knows the defense. He can read defense. He can audible plays. Look, he'll be fine. He's a smart kid. He's tall, big, can throw. Um, I, I, th- I think we're overreacting a little bit. And I don't think the gap between Breeze and, and uh, Jameis is, is all that big. I mean, I'm saying right now. Call me crazy. I know it's a crazy take. But right now in their careers, Jameis is more athletic, throws a better football, borderline more accurate, as long as he doesn't make those dumb mistakes. And And that's a winning football team for however long he needs to play. I would kind of agree with that. Um, 
I mean, you have a declining Drew Brees. Uh, yes, he has looked good, and I, like I said, he has shown glimpses. I said he has shown glimpses. I never said he was looking, you know, like he did early on in his career. He's declining. It's evident. Uh, Jameis Winston is younger, like you said, more mobile, healthier at this point. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting yeah. to watch him down the stretch, though. And I think a lot of teams, maybe the Steelers, uh, will be looking at this thinking, dang. Maybe we should have offered him. Maybe we should have taken a stab at him. But, you know, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, all right, we'll go to the probably the most exciting game of the night. Buffalo drops Arizona on that insane DeAndre Hawkins uh, Hail Mary from Kyler Murray. Yes. Um, Kyler Murray is electric. He is, I'd say... He's a Tier 2 guy. We, he is definitely a Tier 2. Well, he's in Tier 2 right now, as of the last as of the last quarterback tiers, I think. Um, I would, he is so good. I he would, went to the 32, 245, one touchdown, had the one pick, added two on the ground. You can't hit him. You cannot tackle him. Have you seen some of these highlights? He is incredible. Yet, he could still, if he has to, make beautiful throws from the pocket. He is Lamar... With a fantastic arm, I think he's going to be better than Lamar. I think he's going to be way no, better than Lamar. He is better than Lamar. I think he is better than Lamar. Okay. Uh, I mean, his acceleration. <laughs> this dude will be in a dead stop, like feet just dead, just sitting back in the pocket trying to find somebody, and then out of nowhere, he's like running twenty-one miles an hour. Like the, he's just so quick. Uh, it's in, it's incredible. But I mean, this game in general, wow. Uh, Josh Allen, what, what was what was his uh, stat line? He didn't look bad. He had two bad mistakes. Yeah, uh, thirty-two for forty-nine okay. for uh, two hundred eighty-four yards, two touchdowns, one pick. He actually caught a touchdown though, so um, yeah, he had three total touchdowns, two picks, seventy-seven QBR. So not great, but he led the team in rushing. Okay, that's that's they, the problem. They are so bad in the backfield. We found. So on Goldie bat, Zach Moss, 7 for 20 yards. Devin Singletary, 4 for 15 yards. Um, atrocious run game. Yeah, I and would Josh say we found the issue. Only, it's starting to look like Seattle, except they have a better line than Seattle. But that's what it's starting to look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think Josh Allen's a guy. I think he has the opportunity to be the potential to be a top quarterback in the league. I think he was early on in the season. Um, but when you literally have no running game, when you have to drop back every single time and literally be the only life of that offense and the, and and, and the defense can just pin their ears back and just come after you every single snap, it's not the uh, recipe for success. Uh, but I mean, Arizona, they found their guy. They found their franchise quarterback for sure. Electric, insane. I mean, we were talking earlier before the season started. I remember, um, you know, we were talking about Kyler, and we were unsure, and we said this is going to be a big year for him. If he can come out and light the world on fire, it's going to be a big year for him. And I think he's having exactly that type of year right now. Uh, he's proving himself to be one of the top quarterbacks in this league, and one of the quarterbacks with the most promise uh, in this league. So. I really like what I'm seeing from Arizona, uh, and I think the scary part is, Tim, I think he's getting better still. I think he's not even close to his oh ceiling. My, he 
getting better every single week. Yeah. Yeah, like it's not even uh, it's not even right, close. On. We only have two games left. Oh, you have anything else to add that game? No, no, I'm done. All right, um, here we'll hit Pittsburgh, uh, throttle Cincinnati. Um, I thought obviously the defense overwhelmed Joe Burrow and that offensive line and that running game, but I thought it came down to coaching, and here is why I think that um, the Bengals. I thought it came down to matchup. I'm sorry, uh, the Bengals are the uh, top five in the league at what they call pick-and-stick throws, right? Empty backfield. Joe Burrow just gets to catch the ball, sit there, pick a, pick a receiver, stick it on him, right? Yep. Um, and so they are exceptional at pick-and-stick routes. But the thing is, leaving Joe Burrow exposed like that is a terrible idea against that defense. Mm-hmm. And so, and plus it allows the, the Steelers to play, um, I want to say that. They bring in their nickel, right? And yes. usually it's Cam Sutton, Mike Hilton, and an extra backer, and so that they can blitz more out of that package, and it was just it was mayhem for Joe Burrow. Yeah, um, I mean, we knew Joe was going to struggle against uh, against the Steelers and their pass rush. It's no no question that the Steelers have one of the top defenses in the league. Uh, I'd say arguably the best pass rush. Um, so how about Ben though? Huh. It, but, 46, 333, four touchdowns, no picks, 110 QBR. See, I mean, we know their defense is bad, but that's impressive still. Here's the thing about Ben. He keeps putting up, like, he'll get, he'll give us a game like this where he throws for four touchdowns, no picks, and, like, just looks so good. And I'm, I just think every single time, man, he's on the he's on the cusp of moving up to Tier 1. He is so close because he's at the top of Tier 2 for sure, and he's trending up every week. But then he'll ha- he'll go and he'll have a game where he throws two interceptions, two touchdowns for like 180 yards. Like if he can have these type of games all the time, he's a tier one dude. But I just think he he needs to be more consistent. Is my thing. He looked very good this week. I can't really knock him for anything. Uh, Roethlisberger is what the is what the Steelers were missing last year. They're so glad to have him back this year. I mean, I'm glad to have him back as a fan. Um, I- I agree. Hear me out here. Big Ben for MVP. Look, they went eight and eight last year without him. They are already nine and out. Yeah, twenty-two touchdowns, four picks with basically the same team. It's really impressive. It's really really impressive. I, I think. Um, I, I think really you have, have a one point. more game left. It was a Sunday night game. Yeah, let's. Uh, it was boring. It was incredibly boring. It was um, incredibly surprising, though. Yeah, I guess, but. Uh, New England at home in the rain, you know. I, I could have could have seen it coming, right? And they ran the ball so well. Thirty nine carries for one hundred seventy three yards and a touchdown um, for the team. Cam was efficient through the air, one hundred fourteen QBR, only had four incompletions. Um, didn't put up incredible yards, but no one did in that monsoon. So it was just surprising to me because. We know that Baltimore doesn't have a terrible defense. Yeah, they have a good secondary. They have a very good secondary. Like you said, better than the Steelers, probably, secondary in their defense. But you don't expect them to get ran all over by a, by a running game like New England. By a team like New England. Look, I think I think Baltimore's franchise has that tough mentality. It's hard to just picture them getting just bulldozed for 60 minutes. 
It happened, though. Oh, it happened. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and um, I just thought the, the, the scheme was fantastic on the run block. I know it doesn't sound like uh, there's too much scheming going on the run block. You just hit the guy in front of you. But actually, the way Chris Collinsworth was talking about it, go back and watch it. This isn't even my work. Chris Collinsworth was talking about how just the way that New England was able to effectively use double teams as chilly edge and and yeah. seal the holes and then get up to the next level. It was really impressive. It was. And I want to say it was somewhere in the second or third quarter that Collinsworth said that. So if anyone wants to go back and watch it, you can watch it. And he does, like, he talks about it all, pretty much all game. And, and for a while there, uh, for a big portion of that, that second quarter, every time New England has the ball. So uh, I think he was right. He, the more you watch it, the more you're like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, clearly, you know. Yeah, I mean, they looked... They looked really good, and it was surprising because they haven't looked that good all year. Um, I agree. I, I, I didn't think Lamar did particularly bad, though. You know, I don't, as much as I like to like to almost rip Lamar. I mean, I don't like like to, but like in reality, he's you know seventeen hundred yards, fourteen touchdowns, five picks, and people are still talking about how they think they think he's better than Big Ben. Big Ben's got about six hundred more yards. Um, 22 touchdowns, four picks. Like, it's not even close, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, so I, I think Lamar is good, but people are ready to crown him. Obviously, they crown him MVP, which was absurd, considering Russell Wilson had a way better, way better year. Um, but I still think Lamar is a top, you know, 15 quarterback, maybe. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't blame this loss on him. I mean... I would say in the rain against that defense, I think you're right. You yeah. Can't blame it on in an absolute downpour, monsoon type situation against arguably the best coach of all time, and uh, especially defensively. Yeah, and, and it's on the road. I mean, I'm I'm shocked. I'm shocked that they got beat. The how like the way they got beat that they just got absolutely you ran all over. Because generally they're the team that's the more physical team. That's how they win. Yes. Uh, and I think they got beat by physicality, and I was like, you're right, it was kind of shocking to see. Yeah, well, it was uh, it was a good Sunday of football. Uh, this Monday night game should be good. Uh, we should get back and, and watch it here. Yeah, here, we could uh, we could give you a little update. The Vikings are up 7-3 on the Bears at the end of the first quarter. Okay. Um, neither team's looking particularly well. The Vikings lead... In total yardage, 83 total yards to 70 for the Bears. So it's, it's been a pretty evenly matched game, other than the fact that uh, the Chicago had it inside. Um, the Red Zone settled for a, a 23-yard field goal. So okay. it hasn't, it's not like it's clearly the Vikings game. It's, it's a pretty close game right now. All right. Uh, well, with that, we are guys, we're going to let you guys go. Um, a little bit shorter episode today, but nevertheless got you everything that you could need. Um, so if you want to go back and listen, we started the show with our Monday predictions and then finished it off with the Sunday thoughts. But uh, on Wednesday, we will have a preloaded show. Tim said he will have a rant, uh, and we will have our quarterback tiers and our thoughts from Monday predictions for Thursday. So, guys... Make sure you're going to our Instagram at the underscore issue podcast. Checking out what we're posting there. And our Twitter is... We'll turn up the, uh, the quarterback tiers right. on Wednesday night after we post our, uh, our episode. Right. Uh, so quarterback tiers will be up on Wednesday on Instagram. And then head over on Twitter. Check us out at the issue podcast on Twitter. Um, we're usually pretty active over there. But, guys, thanks for hanging out. We will see you on Wednesday. That was the issue. <laughs>